Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. A bizarre night in the NBA, and frankly, things are just getting a little out of hand when it comes to the officiating. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Let's all have a little bit of patience with Canty today, who is playing a little bit hurt. A little bit hurt because he is realizing that age is setting in. Yeah, when they try to tell me that age ain't nothing but a number, they lie with that one, big fella. Yeah, that's no. not that's not a real thing. That's no re- age. Age is a real thing. That is a flat yeah. Out went out to dinner last night with the wife as a little impromptu, just trying to make sure that you know we hang out a little bit, not mm-hmm. try to be too old. <laughs> Feel like we still got it. I don't know. That feels like a little bit of eyewash to me. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you what happened, dog. So we. <laughs> <laughs> so we went to Nobu downtown. The wife had never been before. Beautiful restaurant, outstanding service, great food. I had a couple of cocktails. And when I say a couple, I mean a couple. And I didn't get buzzed, but when I got home, it hit me. And when I woke up this morning, it hit me again. Yeah. And I'm on my third cup of coffee. That just goes to show you, I can't kick it like I did when I was in my 20s. I just turned 40 last late last year. And I'm feeling every bit of that right now. That Off is, of two cocktails. Two. That is not the same guy that was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys, no, clearly. No, man. I felt like somebody drugged me with one of those cocktails, man. <laughs> well, my goodness. You're playing hurt today. I'm playing hurt, unlike Kawhi Leonard. Oof. Let's get to it. Here we go. go, go. Only one place to start. Maybe now we got bad luck. And now bodies fall as Claxton was able to finish underneath. Embiid was under the basket as well. There was a collision of bodies. Claxton walked over him. And that's going to be flagrant. Harden outside the arc. Oh, he just poked O'Neal, and it's an offensive foul. Royce O'Neal goes to his knees, bent over in some pain. Flagrant foul, penalty two. Oh. Harden is ejected. Wow. wow. I have no idea what an ejection two is. Because, baby, now we got bad I'm just kind of feeling like nobody really knows what it is these days, Taylor. I really don't. I mean, Kenty, I, I was just befuddled by what happened last night between the Nets and the Sixers. I mean, honestly, what's what? I, I, it feels like over the last few days, we're trying to make up for what happened with Draymond, just trying to keep an order to what's going on, because clearly teams are instigating here, trying to draw some of the star players into things. Yeah. I don't know how Joel Embiid, who kicked right up into the groin, gets a flagrant one. Well, I mean, I do know he's Joel Embiid. How he gets a flagrant one, and then James Harden later on, who I'm not even sure really hit him in the groin, yeah, gets thrown out of the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hit Royce O'Neal. I mean... In he went lower region. stomach-ish. I, yeah, I didn't yeah. think there was the same yeah, no, intent was, behind it. That no, it no, at. that was downtown, big fella. All right, but let me that ask was you downtown. This. Let me ask you this. Should both of them have gotten tossed? Should neither of them gotten tossed? Because Embiid's was there for the world to see. Yeah, man, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. If you're going to toss James Harden, then you, you should have tossed Joel Embiid. And, and that's the problem that I have with the officiating overall in the playoffs, the lack of consistency. But based on the precedent that was established a couple of nights ago with the incident involving Draymond Green and Sabonis, you would think that what Embiid did rose to the level of a flagrant two and would get him tossed. It didn't. It was just a flagrant one. And I'm surprised that we're not hearing more about that incident in terms of 
a situation where you consider some further discipline with Joel Embiid. Oh, I'm not going to be shocked if it happens because the Sixers are up three games to none, and it's easy to do. Yeah, it's easy to do. And 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 I guess Tony Brothers looked at the situation, and Nick Claxton being the instigator in it, I guess factored into the math when it comes to how heavy-handed he wanted to be with Embiid. And Embiid doesn't necessarily have a history of being a dirty player and – Quite frankly, the Brooklyn Nets were goading Embiid the entire night. Yep. Royce O'Neal went as far as to body check Embiid and knock him down. You know how hard you got to hit Joel Embiid to knock him down? Yep. Royce O'Neal got a running start and body checked Joel Embiid and knocked him down. And you can see Embiid is, is looking around like, what the heck is going on? Like, that's not just a normal foul. But the game plan was obvious for Jock Vaughn and company. We're going to try to get Embiid out of this game because with him in the game, even if he's not doing damage scoring, his playmaking and his defense, as we saw late last night with that block on Spencer Dinwiddie's oh. layup attempt, like that, those are going to be game-winning plays. The Brooklyn Nets have no shot if Joel Embiid is on the court, and you could see that it was a concerted effort to do everything that they could to get him out of there. Well, Chris, the, the, but let's just be clear about the whole thing right now. The officiating's a mess. It's a mess. They got to get it under control. They really do. They got to get it under control. They really do. The the lack of consistency coupled with the intensity of playoff basketball, you really feel like one of these players is going to do something that crosses the line and create an uglier incident than what we saw in Sacramento a few nights ago or what we saw last night in Barclays. Here's Jay Will this morning on Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Max. The inconsistency with referees is killing me and the game. Like, what are we actually doing? Joel Embiid, there was a play, got a flagrant one for literally kicking Nick Claxton. Now, regardless of whether you think that deserves a flagrant two, an ejection or not, where is the consistency? Why doesn't he get ejected there? Where is the consistency? James Harden has made this move multiple times before. If you're watching James Harden play basketball, he sometimes gives that little nudge, which it's not like he doesn't maliciously try to hit the guy. It's like his basketball move. He gets ejected for that. And then later in the game, in the fourth, Nick Claxton has a dunk, stares down somebody. Granted, it's his second technical foul. But then he gets called a tech for that. I hate when the referees make it about the referees. Well, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. A couple couple of things here. First of all, Nick Claxton deserved to get tossed, if for no other reason, stupidity. Yeah, for being dunked. Like, like you already got a tech for dunking on Embiid and taunting him in the first half. Why would you do that with the game in the balance in the fourth quarter? When they need somebody, they don't have anybody else who's capable of defending at all inside. You're going to leave them completely alone with no answer for Joel Embiid? Well, no no answer for Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris, who were essentially getting in the lane and scoring at will in the fourth quarter. Tyrese Maxey had 25 points. Ten of those points were in clutch time last night, big fella. Yep. So, yeah, they could have used Nick Claxton down the stretch. So, Nick Claxton deserved to be tossed out of that game. But I guess when breaking down what happened with Harden and what happened with Joel Embiid, I don't see a whole lot of difference. Like I guess you could say oh, that Embi- you could say Embiid had more intent. But let's be let's keep it a buck. James Harden knew exactly what he was doing. James Harden was trying to get that guy off of him. Jay Will, Tim Legler, with all respect, they're saying that Joel uh, James Harden does this move all the time. James Harden knew exactly where his hand was. All right, Chris, I would not have had an issue if it was called a common foul or just a flagrant one that was not a flagrant two. And the the reason that they threw James Harden out is because they realized they screwed up by not throwing Joel Embiid out of the game earlier. Because, Chris, in that moment, I I, I understand he's Joel Embiid. He 
is on the ground and he just reached. You can't be more blatant about it than Joel Embiid was in that moment. And that, to me, is also part of what happened with Draymond the other day. Yes, the histrionics after the fact, all that stuff, the history, but it looked blatant, too. Well, here, That here, plays a big role. Well, here's what I will say. One player instigated it in Nick's Claxton with, hap- with Joel Embiid's reaction. Royce O'Neal didn't do anything to instigate what James Harden did to him. He was just playing defense. Yeah. So I guess that's, that's the point of delineation that I would make. Both, play, both plays have no place. Both plays have no place in the game. I, I don't think – I think James Harden was aware of what he was doing, just like Joel Embiid was aware of what he was doing. And you shouldn't hit a man in the nether region. And you by, just shouldn't. No, you shouldn't. And, by, and this is about as animated as I've ever heard James Harden after the game. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Like, unacceptable flagrant, too. Like, the first time I've been ejected, I'm not labeled as a dirty player. You know what I mean? I didn't hit him in a private area. Um, somebody's draped on you like that defensively. It's just a natural bas- basketball reaction. And I didn't hit, I don't, I didn't hit him enough hard enough for him to fall down like that but for a flagrant two it's unacceptable like this is a playoff game you've seen around the league things that are much more worse than what, what that play was honestly i don't even think it was a foul on me but yeah, that's unacceptable that, that can't happen here's the one thing i'm i'm worried about not just the idea that teams are purposely trying to goad players into making these kind of mistakes because it is always the guy that reacts that gets hit no doubt always so we're going to guard Draymond, uh, go Draymond into it, which they did, which mm-hmm. is a bonus. We know that. You're going to go to Embiid into it, which they did yesterday. I'm not going to be shocked if Embiid gets uh, suspended one game for this now because you can make that a flagrant two after the fact. And, and so teams, some of their best strategy now is to try to get these other players off the floor by getting them to do but something that's stupid. why I said that's they, not good for the game well that's why I say the officials got to wrangle in yes. some of the some of the non-basketball plays that we're seeing because essentially what you're doing is incentivizing the opponents to try to goat these stars into doing things to get them tossed out of the game that's only going to escalate the behavior yeah. You got to you got to do something to control it. Like if Nick Claxton doesn't stand over Joel Embiid the way that he did after he dunked the basketball, then we're not talking about Embiid kicking to try to get the guy off of him. Just in the same way as if Sabonis doesn't grab Draymond Green's ankle, we're not talking about Draymond missing game 3, although it didn't seem to matter at the Chase Center last night. So I I guess when I'm looking at the big picture, the officials have to get the playoffs under control. They have to draw a clear line of clear line of demarcation in terms of what they will tolerate and what will get you tossed because a technical for a flagrant two players will trade that all day long as is the case with what we saw with the Kings and the Warriors series they've got to find a way to get rid of that so players understand if you're taunting somebody and inviting an escalation with the reaction from your opponent that will get you tossed too the free autozone fix finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and help you save time and money down the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny today on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. God, we've got so much NBA to get to. We've got NFL to get to as well. Oh, no doubt. We're inside a week from the NFL draft, like, yep. and we're covering the draft, so we'll be headed out to Kansas City in the middle of next week getting ready for round one. But I will say this about the Sixers game last night. Nobody wanted to watch that game without Joel Embiid. 
No. Nobody wanted to see that game without Joel Embiid. And you just wonder how much that factors well, into the equation with the officiating well, Chris, and how they handled it. Let's be clear. If they do now step up and decide to suspend Joel Embiid at three games to none, that's fine. It doesn't carry anywhere near the weight it would if it was 2-1, and they wouldn't do it if it was 2-1. I don't think they will because it's an admission that they messed up. Oh, I don't think it's, it's an, an I don't, it's, I, a, it's an admission that they messed up. Because everybody's time. screaming and yelling today. Why no, 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 no. But, toss? Well, We're not alone in this. Well, no, but here's the other thing. You tossed James Harden for something that was perceived to be lesser than. Yeah. So, so they, that, I mean, if they retroactively imposed a suspension and tossed MB for game four, that would be the league saying our officials messed up. I don't know that they're going to do that. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Looking for a career you'll love with flexibility, great pay, and benefits in one of the country's top workplaces? Well, come join their growing team. Go to Progressive.com slash careers. Apply online today. More on this, more on the Knicks playing game three tonight in just a bit. More on the Warriors series and how the dynamic there has shifted, especially when it comes to wagering. And where's Kawhi Leonard? That came out of absolutely nowhere. Saquon Barkley and the Giants are at an impact. Dear God, we don't have enough time today to get to everything that we have to. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny. Up next, a little bit of breaking news as well. An NBA championship coach today fired in the last few minutes. But is it more about him or who that team's trying to get? We get it all with our NBA insider next. Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Brainstorm. What is something that works so well that it's basically magic? Air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, meeting-free Fridays. What about selling with Shopify? (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're auctioning autographed apparel or selling sleek skis, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet 
Internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to all other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash greenie, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash greenie now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash greenie. Greenie, the podcast. Nick Nurse out. Hello. In the last 20 minutes, half hour, Tim Bontemps joins us right now, ESPN NBA writer. We uh, Woj uh, indicated earlier maybe this is a precursor to Toronto trying to hire Ime Udoka. What is your read on Nick Nurse getting cut loose? I, I mean, Nick Nurse, obviously one of the best coaches in the NBA. He's had a great run in Toronto, as you said, led the Raptors to their only championship. I, I think after 10 years there, you know, Nick, Last month in Philly, sort of alluded to the fact he was going to see where things sat after the offseason. Adrian reported him and Masai Ujiri have met multiple times since the end of the season. I think this just sort of felt like it was time for everybody to to part ways and start fresh. You know, the, the Raptors have been one of the best organizations in the league for a long time. Masai and Bobby Webster, one of the best front offices. They've had a ton of success. But, you know, I Nick Nurse, I suspect, will be a coach somewhere else fairly soon. And the Raptors will see what happens with them after what was a very turbulent season and what's got a chance to be a very interesting offseason with Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent and Jakob Pertl all able to be free agents to Pascal Siakam could be an all NBA player too if he uh, or could be a supermax eligible player too if he makes all NBA this month yeah Tim so a team from going from a team from that was outside of the playoffs in Toronto to the teams that were playing last night and looking at what happened at the Barclays between Joel Embiid and Nick Claxton James Harden and Royce O'Neal what did you make of all of that and the suspensions that the officials doled out uh, it was I mean, a wild. It was a wild night, man. I mean, I didn't think James Harden was getting thrown out of the game when that happened. I was about as stunned as I've ever been at a game when yep. that happened. Uh, the Joel Embiid play, I thought, was a borderline one. I could have understood. You know, some people have said that he should have gotten thrown out. I could see that he didn't really connect with Nick Claxton on the play. I think that's why he got a flagrant one. That's what Tony Brothers, the crew chief, said to the pool reporter after the game. It was just a wild game, and I think generally, more than anything, what we've seen is guys have been incentivized to try to get these flagrant foul reviews, right? Mm-hmm. If you fall down and you, you get this review, you at least have the potential to have something like what, what happened with James Harden take place, where the officials decide it was enough to chuck somebody from their game. And now James Harden has two flagrant foul points. He's two, two flagrants away from a suspension. That could end up being a really costly thing down the road, too, so... It was just a very bizarre and crazy night for a series that until last night nobody was talking about at all and was the most boring one on the slate. And so let's dive not. let's dive a little deeper with that because you just said it. Yeah, I mean, players are incentivized to goat stars into a reaction that can get them tossed out of the game. I mean, you saw it essentially a few nights ago with Sabonis in that game against the, the Warriors. And so I'm curious as to how the officials and how the league office are going to treat those taunting-like behaviors uh, when things have the potential, situations have the potential to escalate. I mean, look, in this situation, Nick Claxton got a technical foul, right? In the one the other day, Demonis Sabonis got a technical foul. Like, 
they, these guys are getting punished for doing it. I think it just comes but down. But you would trade that, right? Well, yes. A technical I, for a flagrant yeah, it's two? A, it's well, a hell of a return. It's, on a, it's, a great, yeah. it's a great return, and I think it's just on guys to not react, right? I mean, yeah. Joel, Joel himself said later, you know, I'm too valuable. I can't, you know, be putting myself in a position where I'm going to get ejected. And he's right. Like, he can't be putting himself in that kind of position. And to your point, if you're Demonis Sabonis and you trade a tech to get – Draymond Green thrown out of one game and suspended for another. You take that every day. Same with, you know, if Nick Claxton had gotten Joel Embiid thrown out of the game last night, that would have been a huge win for Brooklyn too. Tim Bontemps, ESPN NBA writer, joining us. Follow him on Twitter, at Tim Bontemps. Uh, just to, to wrap this one up, is there any chance here, based on what the reaction has been to people thinking that I'll be, stun- were- I'll be stunned if Joel Embiid is suspended. The only reason I going. would say that is just because they're up three games tonight. I'd, I'd be stunned if Joel Embiid is suspended. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's move on to the Warriors series. Uh, what we saw last night without Draymond, I, I don't know if it was all that surprising, but when you look at uh, where the Kings were, was that almost a more important game for them to win than any other in terms of giving the Warriors just some life here? Yeah, I, I, to me, this is about giving the Warriors a chance to get off the mat, right? You got the defending champs on the mat. They're down 2-0. Draymond Green's out. Gary Payton is sick. They're down two very key defensive players. They haven't been able to really stop the Kings through the first two games. This was Sacramento's chance to knock Golden State out. And the fact that they let them get off the mat and win this game, I think the Warriors are going to come back and win this series. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the next three games in a row. I just think... They, they were right in those first two games in Sacramento. Had that Andrew Wiggins three in game one. Very easily could have gone down, won that game. And in game two, I thought they were all on their way to coming back and winning. Had all the momentum when Draymond got thrown out. And then things went back the other way. So I suspect Draymond is going to come back like a house of fire in game four. I think Golden State wins again at home. And then we'll see what happens when it goes back to sack for game five, which should be a pretty wild atmosphere at the Golden One Center. Talking with ESPN NBA writer Tim Bonteps on Greeny. And Tim, what's the latest on Kawhi Leonard, and what do you expect to see from him the rest of the series, if we expect to see him the I rest mean, of the series? I mean, I was as stunned as everybody when we got the alert. Uh, you know, I saw on my phone that my buddy Omi Ongmasuk reported that uh, Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to play in game three with his knee sprain, right? I mean, he'd, he'd been fantastic through the first two games, hadn't been on the injury report, and then all of a sudden he's out with a knee sprain and you know, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I don't have anything beyond what, um, you know, Ohm reported yesterday and what Lawrence Frank said before the game, which is that he's day to day going forward and that, you know, they felt like if he was going to have any issue in game two, they wouldn't have played him. But certainly when you look at what's happened with the Clippers over the past few years, it's just another dose of bad luck for this team, right? Paul George last month runs into somebody hurts his knee. Now they're both not playing. You look at how this series has shook out. If, the Clippers had Kawhi Leonard and Paul George healthy. I think they're a deeper version of the Suns. I think they would have won this series. Instead, now you're sitting here with possibly both their star players out, and for as hard as those guys fought last night, they just don't have the horses to beat the Suns. And on the flip side, it does look a little bit more alarming for the Suns to have the trouble that they did in a game like last night. Uh, are the Suns, even if they advance really going to be in trouble based on the lack of depth with what they've got. I've been saying that from the moment they made the trade. They've got four players, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul, and then they got a ton of question marks. And I just don't think that's a recipe for success, especially when Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant all have muscle injury histories at this point. And look at last night. Like you said, Chris Paul, 41 minutes. Kevin Durant, 42 minutes. Devin Booker, Mm. 45 minutes. By the way... 
they have to come back and play game four 36 hours later, Saturday afternoon, right? To me, that is a vitally important game for the Suns to get, especially if Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. But either way, they got to get that win in game four, and they got to close the series down in game five because they're going to have to go to Denver, almost certainly, barring something crazy. Denver's going to roll through Minnesota, and then they're going to have to go to the altitude next weekend, start that series in Denver. They're coming off a six- or seven-game series and have to play the Nuggets. They're going to be in trouble in that series. Like So they, they to me, got to get this thing done, got to get their guys rest, and got to get ready for that next round because they're going to have to play heavy minutes if they want to advance. Tim, the Cavs-Knicks series is not at 1-1 coming to MSG. What do you expect to see in Game 3? An absolutely bonkers atmosphere at MSG tonight. First game in 10 years with a uh, full-capacity playoff crowd. Should be an awesome atmosphere at the Garden. And look, I, I think this game, you saw in the first two games of the series, is going to be a really physical rock fight of a series. In a lot of ways, it's like the, the heat Nick series in the 90s, yeah. right? Just a lot of rock'em, sock'em robots, like 95, 90 kind of games. And I think the real key to the series to me, um, you know, let's see if Josh Hart's sprained ankle is better because the Knicks bench has to be a big factor in their favor. They need to continue to hit the offensive glass like they did in game one. And can Julius Randle get going against Evan Mobley? A lot of the time when Julius struggles, he gets a little tunnel vision, starts going one-on-one. Mm-hmm. That has not worked against Evan Mobley for the most part over the first two games. I think the Knicks have to get him on the move, not taking shots like that where he's kind of you know isolated up against um, against a much longer, taller guy in Evan Mobley who's a very good defensive player. So, I, but I think it's going to be an awesome atmosphere tonight. And for a Cavs team that hasn't really been in these kind of positions before, it'll be interesting to see how they handle what's going to be you know, a pretty great environment for Game 3. ESPN NBA writer Tim Bonteps. If you don't catch him and Tim McMahon, along with Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective, you are missing out. It is. I was laughing on the way in today. They were into it last night after the games and... I always come out of it basketball smarter, that's for sure. It's very kind of you, buddy. Thank awesome. you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Tim Bontemps, great stuff, brother. ESPN NBA writer. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Canty, as we flip and we turn over to, uh, back to, I should say, back to that Suns Clippers series. Yep. It is troubling to see what happened last night as we were talking about the Suns, because it is unimaginable that you don't have Kawhi and you don't have Paul George, and yet here you are very much in that game. I know it's a home yeah. game last night, but if I'm the Suns, dear, I, I, you put it best before the show, and I don't mean to steal your thunder, but you said it. They're going to get their pound of flesh here on Phoenix. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And, and the thing that's alarming about what we've seen from Phoenix is the fact that their bench has been outscored in every single game this series. I mean, think about it. Last night, we saw the Phoenix Suns bench get outscored 39-19 to by the Clippers bench. And Norm Powell is typically a bench player. He was in the starting lineup and dropped 42 on them. You're talking about guys like Bones Highland and, 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 and Terrence Mann, like guys stepping up and playing big minutes, but also giving you big contributions offensively. You don't have that from the Suns. And so you wonder how sustainable it is for Chris Paul, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant to do this throughout the entirety of the playoffs. Big fella, you're talking about a couple of months if if you're going to be in the NBA Finals competing for a championship. Can they really hold up and do that? I mean, we've seen Kevin Durant deal with injury in the postseason recently. We've seen Chris Paul deal with injuries in recent postseasons. 
How much can those guys – Devin Booker had to deal with injury during the regular season this year. How much can these guys take? How many minutes can these guys continue to – how many games can these guys continue to play log and heavy minutes without one of them breaking down? That's what I worry about, the margin for error in terms of those guys not being at their very best is is very slim, and that's why I worry about the Suns being able to go on a deep playoff run. The, the Clippers, I just feel bad for the Clippers. I just feel bad because you finally get Kawhi back. Yeah. He's playing at a ridiculous level, yeah. and we're all thinking, wow, this is what it could have been, and yet you realize there's still no Paul George. The last time that they played together in a playoff game was 676 days ago, <laughs> in June 14, 2021, and then since they both signed with the Clippers in 2019, they've only played together in 142 games out of 343. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's absolutely brutal. So what Well, well is- here's, here's the one thing I will say, and I know we got to talk about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, but we also got to talk about the third star for the Clippers. That's Russell Westbrook. Yep. Who was absolutely phenomenal last he night. He was. You're, you're, talking about, you're talking about the Brody being two rebounds shy of a 30-point triple-double. Yep. Phenomenal game by Russell Westbrook. And everybody thought he was washed coming off of those seasons with the Wizards and the Lakers. He's not washed. He just wasn't in the right situation. He wasn't with the right head coach. Ty Lue has been able to find something in him and get him back going, and that confidence is being repaid in kind with some really good performances in this series. You know what it is? It's not just a performance. The body language is so much better. Yeah, the energy. So much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much better. So, I mean, I know it's probably going to be in a losing effort in this series, but, I mean, it's good to see Russell Westbrook reestablish himself as the star that he is. As far as what's going on with Kawhi, here's Om Young Masuk yesterday on our show, ESPN NBA Reporter. Even though Woj is saying he, a source told him that he's expected to be day-to-day, sprained right knee, I mean, there are degrees of it, right? And Paul George has a sprained right knee, and he's he has now been out for about a month um, with, with a sprained right knee that he is trying to come back and is, is expected to keep him out of this first-round series. So with Game 4 right around the corner on Saturday, the Clippers have not had much time in between games. It's been one day pretty much in between games. Uh, this is a really tough blow for them in this series against the Phoenix Suns when they were just starting to believe that they can win this series. So with all of this, Canty, who is your Western Conference favorite right now? The Lakers. Boy. It's absolutely the Lakers. L- listen. You won't let go. I-, I, think, I think they're poised for a date with the Denver Nuggets. I will say that. I mean, the way that – the way that Denver is is rolling through that series and yeah. the way that Jamal Murray looks, I mean, he looks like he's fully regained his form from when he was in the bubble, when, uh, when Denver coincidentally went on a Western Conference Finals run. Can you imagine how bad the Suns could look playing Denver next round? They could look atrocious. Going to altitude, too, if they're worn down. For yeah, games. I don't think that's going to be great. I, I, listen, it would be interesting because I actually believe what Tim said, that the Golden State Warriors – are going to come back and win this series. I yeah. think it's a seven-game series. And it's, it's Golden State has found themselves in situations where they're down 2-1 in series before. I, I don't know that Sacramento is prepared to deal with what's happening in the shift in momentum that they just experienced. Like, at some point, youth is going to work against them. You don't know what you don't know, especially in playoff basketball. I, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Uh, I'm staying with the Grizzlies because I don't know what's going on with Ja. If yeah. Ja's coming back... I still feel decent about him. Cool. But okay. you're like, cool. Yeah, good okay. for you. Yeah. Don't you just come no, over but, and pat but, me but on I the head my, while but, you're I guess, at but I guess my whole point was I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if the Lakers advance and they play the Warriors in the second round. I have more confidence, and this is crazy that I'm saying this. 
I have more confidence today yep, that the Nuggets yep. <laughs> will be able to get out of the second round against their opponent than the Lakers would be able to get out of the second round against their opponent. Wow. Look, look at you. Think about that. Can't and I'm Carlin. a Lakers fan. And you can't stand the Nuggets. You can't stand the Nuggets. But, but, but am, I, am I wrong? No. Am I wrong? No. Sitting here today, am I wrong? No, absolutely not. Okay. That's where I was about to go. You know, the jaw thing, I want to wait and see, but I, I couldn't believe I actually feel better about where the Nuggets are right now, comparatively speaking. Yeah. It's Cantia Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Want to hear from you on who you've got now in the West with everything going. Who is your team to come out of the West at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Also, off of the, what happened with the Sixers and the Nets last night, is the NBA in a situation where they have a major problem with their officiating? What should have happened with Embiid? What should happen with Embiid? And what happened with Harden? Gonna hear from you. Lines are open right now on all of those topics at 888-729-3776. On the way next, though. Saquon Barkley and the Giants have been at an impasse, but is that impasse about to lead to a split between the two parties? We will get into that in just moments when we return in the zone last night. Oh, dear God. Norman Powell, 40 points. In the zone. He was in the zone, brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Canty and Carlin for Greeny on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Has Saquon Barkley played his final down for the Giants? Mm. We'll get to that in three minutes. It's mm. Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio in for Greeny. Let's hit a couple of calls. Brent up first on ESPN Radio. Brent, what's your take on the NBA right now? Hey, good day, gang. You know what? I don't think the league took a hard enough stance in the beginning of the playoffs. They should have sent out a memo for every team and advised them of what would happen. So I don't think the penalties are stiff enough. A two-game suspension 
will deter all of that. The coaches They're not going to do that. You're not going to you're not going to I mean unless somebody knocks somebody out, you're not going to get somebody suspended for two games. That's Yeah, cuz you're determining playoff series at that yeah. point. And you got to remember the NBA is an entertainment product at its core, so you want the best and the brightest out there. Uh, I just I, here's the thing, and this is what I get concerned with. With what we saw play out a few nights ago in Sacramento between Sabonis and Draymond Green, how many more times are we going to see role players trying to goat star players into a reaction that would get them ejected from that current game and possibly get them suspended for a future game? I mean, they're incentivized to do that, especially if you're talking about trading a technical foul for a flagrant one or a flagrant two that has long-reaching implications. So that, that's what I get concerned with, big fella. And, uh, you know, when you saw that situation last night in Barclays, it was obvious what the Brooklyn Nets were trying to do in getting Joel Embiid tossed. Listen, when that becomes the central, a central part of your game plan, that's a problem. And they have to Did it not feel like that last night? Absolutely it did. Absolutely it did. Canty and Carlin in for Greedy on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. The Giants and Saquon Barclay, Barkley have been in an impasse. An impasse. Can I speak today? Maybe. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they have tagged him. He has not signed the franchise tag. He has not shown up for off-season workouts. Here is Joe Shane, the Giants GM. Do you remain optimistic that Saquon will be on the field for you at the start of this season? From the outside looking in, it doesn't seem like there's an obvious resolution based on where the two sides have been so far. Yeah, you have to ask him. I'm not. I'm not sure. If, I don't know what his plan is. I, I haven't. I haven't talked to him in probably three weeks. Do you think he still wants to be on this team? I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to him. You yeah, that's to it, that sounds him. ominous. That sounds yeah. ominous, big fella. Yeah, but but you know, I will say this: it's clear and obvious to me that Saquon Barkley's biggest bargaining chip with the New York Giants was keeping that franchise tag available so that they could hold that in place for Daniel Jones as opposed to having to tag Saquon. Yeah. You know, if Saquon would have done the deal that the Giants wanted to do during the bye week, he would have been in a better position in terms of more money, more a higher average annual value than what he's faced with the prospects of paying for a $10 million franchise tag this year. I just His biggest bargaining chip, was making sure that he signed a long-term deal to clear the decks for the Giants to keep the franchise tag in place for Daniel Jones if they couldn't come to a long-term agreement. Because remember, they didn't come to terms with Daniel Jones until right before the tag deadline. And the reason why they did that was because they needed the tag in order to retain Saquon Barkley's rights. They didn't want to let him waltz into free agency. Had that been reversed, Saquon would be in a better situation. He would have had a better he would have had a better opportunity to get the long-term money that he was looking for from the Giants. When I hear that from Joe Shane right now, it makes me think it, you either play for the tag or you don't. You're not playing for us. Yeah, so take it or leave a proposition. So with that in mind, it also sounds to me like they are setting up to trade him. Now, to be clear, to trade him, he has to sign the tag and work out a deal for with somebody else, assuming that other team's going to give him a long-term deal. Chris, if I'm the Buffalo Bills right now, I'm sitting at 27 I am likely not going to be able to get B. John Robinson before then. Yeah. I don't know that I'm going to get Jameer Gibbs before then mm-hmm. uh, because he is starting to shoot up draft boards a little bit, at least mm. from what you hear, and who knows what that is. If I'm the Bills, I'm thinking very hard, what's, what's the price tag, not for Saquon, because we think that's probably around four years, $52 million. They would probably be in a position where after two years they could get out of it. Mm-hmm. What's the price tag in terms of what they would have to give the Giants? Can you, before the draft next week, 
give him your second round pick at the end of the second round? Yeah, it's not, let's be clear. It's not a first round. It's, it's not. not a first round. It's and not it's a not good what, point. And it's not what the 49ers gave up last year for Christian McCaffrey, no, it's which not. was a package like a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. It's not that. If you're the Giants, yeah. you're taking that second round pick? Yeah, I take End that. End of sec- the second round pick? I take, I take that. I take that. Yeah. For, a, for a running back, I yep. take that. Because think about it. This is, this is a program that's ahead of schedule. Joe Shane and Brian Dable didn't expect to be in the postseason in year one. Yeah. I don't think they have any illusions on who they are. This is not a team that's ready to compete for a championship yet. They've got some steps that they've got to take before they're ready to ascend to a team that's capable of competing with the likes of the Philadelphia Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Just look at what we saw in the playoffs. We thought that the Giants, you know, had arrived when they beat Minnesota. Look at what it was when they went to Lincoln Financial in the divisional round. They got boat raced by the Eagles. That's after getting beat to sleep in MetLife Stadium in the regular season. They're not close to Philadelphia. So why are you going to pay top dollar for a running back when you're not ready to win a championship? And you're also not doing any favors to your quarterback if you move on from him. So maybe they're making him do it alone. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.